Matthew's call story is about as short and sweet as they come. He was doing what presumably he did every day, working at the tax booth, when Jesus passed by. Follow me, Jesus said to him, and he did. He woke up one morning with one idea of what his day, his week, his life were going to look like, and suddenly, just like that, it had become something else entirely. That's a pretty dramatic shift for just one verse. But there's a reason the Bible tends to narrate the calling of disciples in this way. Following Jesus is one of the most succinct descriptions that we have of what it means to be a Christian. It's what disciples do. They let go of their own plans, their own agendas, and they let Jesus set the direction and the pace. Many of us know Dietrich Bonhoeffer's classic book on Christian life by the English title, The Cost of Discipleship but that's not a literal translation. The original title in German is just one word, Nachfolge, which I understand, some of you can correct me, but which I understand literally means following after. Following in Jesus's footsteps, letting him be our guide, our teacher, letting him point the way. Christian life must at its heart come down to this. We've made sort of a shift in the church calendar today. We've come through this season of Easter, culminating in the arrival of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. We spent last Sunday thinking and reflecting on the Trinity, on this peculiar and wonderful way Christians have of speaking about who God is. And now today we really shift gears. We move out of Easter and into what the church calls ordinary time. It's the longest stretch of the year lasting from now all the way until Advent in November. And for these coming months, we basically track Jesus through the Gospel of Matthew, chapter by chapter. Ordinary time is a season basically without festivals or big commemorations. It's a time for reflecting on and practicing the day-to-day life of discipleship. So it's fitting that we move back into ordinary time with Matthew's call story today. It sort of reorients us again to what it is we're about as Christians. We are here to follow Jesus. Right, but what exactly do we mean by that? I mean, for Matthew, it was pretty clear. To follow Jesus meant to take off with this particular guy standing right there at his booth and addressing him. Follow me meant leave all this behind, leave the desk and the papers, go where I go, watch what I do. It wasn't an easy invitation by any means, but at least it was pretty obvious what it meant. It's not always so clear for us. He's not standing right here in tunic and sandals with a hand outstretched. He's not preaching to crowds and directing disciples and sparring with the powerful, at least not in quite the same way. While the daily business of discipleship was pretty clear in Jesus's time, for us 2,000 years later, it always involves a degree of discernment, working out just what following means and looks like today. And one of the most practical ways I know to go about that discernment is to watch Jesus closely in the Gospels, to sort of set ourselves alongside the disciples and watch what Jesus is up to. It can help train our eyes and our hearts for noticing his call in our own lives. And you know what I notice in our reading today? I notice that Jesus had no problem with his plans being interrupted. 
I mean, look at this story. Jesus shows up and calls Matthew to follow him, and I would kind of imagine that he then had somewhere to go, like to an important task that he was about to perform, or to a miraculous healing he was just about to undertake, or to a lake he was thinking of taking a walk across. I would imagine he had an agenda or a plan. Hey, you, follow me. I'm going to teach you something. But that's not how the gospel tells it. Follow me, Jesus said. Okay, Matthew replied, but first come to a party at my house. Huh? This wasn't in the plans. But Jesus doesn't say, hey, I'm in charge here. I will say where we eat and where we go and when. No, he accepts this invitation, even though the dinner wasn't his idea and neither was this guest list. Matthew invited his own crowd, fellow tax collectors and sinners, as the gospel puts it. Jesus may very well have had other plans that day, other ways he imagined spending that evening, but he put them aside and he went to the party. He followed Matthew's lead. He let his plans be changed. And that's only the beginning, because the interruptions just sort of keep coming in this story. While Jesus is reclining at dinner, enjoying himself with this crowd that has just scandalized the Pharisees, a man bursts into the room and throws himself at Jesus' feet. My daughter has just died, he says, but come and lay your hand on her and she will live. Again, this wasn't in the plans. But Jesus doesn't say, hey, I'm right in the middle of dinner, can't this wait? No, he welcomes the interruption. In fact, Jesus responds to the synagogue leader in exactly the same way that Matthew responded to Jesus when he called him just a few verses earlier. It says Jesus got up and followed him. Jesus is suddenly the one doing the following. It's kind of amazing. So they're on their way to this man's house, presumably moving quickly and hurrying along, when suddenly their plans are interrupted yet again. As they're making their way through the crowd, a woman reaches out and touches the edge of Jesus' clothing. She too is in a desperate situation, having suffered from a hemorrhage and no doubt an accompanying isolation for 12 years. And she reaches out for healing in a way that I imagine she hoped would go unnoticed. I won't talk to him, she said to herself. I won't even touch him directly. I'll just touch his clothes and just the edge of them. Maybe that will be enough. This wasn't in the plans either. But Jesus doesn't say, hey, can't you see that I'm busy? Can't you see I'm right in the middle of helping someone else? No, again, he welcomes the interruption. He stops in his tracks and he speaks gently and kindly to the woman. Take heart, daughter. Your faith has made you well. So in his first day as a disciple, Matthew has watched Jesus accept one unplanned encounter after another. For a pretty powerful guy, he sure doesn't seem to be very much in control of his calendar. So what does it look like to follow Jesus? Well, according to our reading today, it certainly has something to do with allowing our plans to be interrupted. So there might be a personality type out there that's really wired for that sort of thing, that really likes the idea of waking up thinking your day is going to go one day and finding it dragged in a wildly different direction. But I think most of us prefer the notion of being in control. We plan our days carefully, we set goals, we develop routines, we guard our space and our time. There's nothing wrong with plans and goals and routines, of course. But 
if we're serious about following Jesus, says this story and lots of others like it, I think we're challenged to hold all those things lightly. Because life in his company is full of what will probably look like interruptions for us. It's full of encounters and, and events that we never would have come up with on our own. And the question is always, how will we respond? C.S. Lewis wrote openly of his dislike for interruptions. He was a busy teacher and author working on a variety of projects at any given time, and he, like many of us, felt a natural frustration if something stepped in the way of his plans. But he also recognized that these unplanned interventions are often more than just obstacles. The great thing, if one can, is to stop regarding all the unpleasant things as interruptions of one's own or real life, he wrote in a letter to a friend. The truth is, of course, that what one calls the interruptions are precisely one's real life, the life God is sending one day by day. What one calls one's real life is a phantom of one's own imagination. You know what he means, right? We often hold to this idea that there is a life out there somewhere that's really ours to control, where if we set the calendar, and where all the plans go our way, if all these unplanned things would just stop happening, then I could really get on with my life. There's a problem with that way of thinking, though. Not only are we bound to end up frustrated, since life is always unpredictable, always beyond our control, we're also likely to miss Jesus' call right in front of us. Sometimes I imagine we have these sort of lofty and dramatic ideas about what it means to follow Jesus, Imagining it necessarily means leaving home and heading off into wild adventures like the first disciples. And of course it might, it has for many, but on any given day it might look like something a whole lot more ordinary. It might mean accepting a last minute invitation to a meal with people you never expected. It might mean rearranging your schedule so you can pay attention to the friend or family member in need of healing. It might mean noticing the little voice in the back of your mind, gently tugging you to offer yourself to serve in some new way. It might mean taking prophetic words to heart and making a change in your old habits, your familiar routines. On any given day, following Jesus might look like allowing ourselves to be surprised, allowing ourselves to be drawn into unfamiliar company, allowing our plans to be interrupted. I mean, that's what Matthew saw in his first day as a disciple, a person who allowed the needs of the world around to take him in all sorts of surprising directions. We can hardly expect anything different today. So if you are going to pray, let me follow you, Jesus, you might not immediately get a call from some mission agency asking you to move across the world next week. But don't be surprised if your day doesn't go exactly the way you planned either. If a neighbor asks you for help, or if something you read gets under your skin, or if you find yourself feeling that you really should invite so-and-so over for a meal, see if you can't loose your grip on your plans just a little bit. See if you can't let yourself be open to the unexpected, because who knows what Jesus might have in store. Thanks be to God. Amen.